internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with best-selling author and literary agent Paula Mounier. You can check her out at paulamounier.com, Mounier spelled M-U-N-I-E-R. And we're talking about juggling career with a parent in your home. And Paula has her mom. I have my dad. I'm going on 11 years this year. It'll be year number 12 in February that I've had my dad in my house and my dad will be turning 90. We've been through a heart attack, we've been through a stroke, we've been through dementia and Alzheimer's and short-term memory loss. So I don't think there's anything I haven't accomplished yet with this caregiving other than the end of life. Like, so, you know, I've, I've got a lot to share and I know Paula, you're doing the same thing with your mom. Now I'm single and I only have my two teenage boys living with me. So I'm not juggling a husband or a spouse with my father living here. Paula, you have grown children, but you have a spouse. And, you know, these make unique conditions that are very stressful for the, the adult child. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's stressful all around for everyone. You know, um, my mother will be 88 next month and she's been here. We've been living together now for five years. And during that time, she's she's been fairly well physically. But my father, who also lived with us, died. And so since his death a couple of years ago, she has been much frailer and more fragile emotionally Um and she's come to depend upon me the way she depended on my father. And, you know, she's of that generation where the husband was everything. He was the colonel. She was the colonel's wife. He was the anchor. And now I'm the anchor and I'm an only child. So I'm really the anchor. And and so it's been quite an adjustment for both of us, I think. And for all of us, my husband included, because yeah. she's not his mother. No, right. <laughs> so. And, you know, and the thing is, and sometimes he's not my father. You know, he's still my father in the body, but, you know, there's certain childlike behaviors, there's certain, you know, things that that are just different. So it's not like having dad move in or having mom move in when they get to this age. It's, it's very different. And I don't feel very daughterly. I feel more motherly. Right. It's hard. That's very hard. It's funny because a friend of mine just read my mem my dog memoir which is called fixing freddie true story about a boy a mom and a very very bad beagle and he read it and it takes place probably 15 years ago maybe more at least 15 years ago and my mother is in it and he said oh i just love your mom the character of your mom and i said you know thank you thank you for reminding me who my mother really is because when you're living with them day to day and they're not who you grow up who you grew up with it's hard to remember sometimes who they really were yes you know so I've been reminded now that this is who my mother really is. And there, and of course, there are flashes of that. Sure. Still, but it's still not the same. You know, we, our, our relationship has sort of switched roles now. And she depends on me the way I once depended on her. Right, right. And I think there's, there's a little bit 
in the transition there that for me was like sad and uncomfortable and then you kind of groove into it like it just evolves right right exactly well you have no choice right you have to you have to roll with the punches and you know the older people get the more punches keep coming you know and it's hard for her and it's hard for me and it's hard for my husband it's hard for everyone yes and it's it's a cautionary tale every day that's what my husband and i say you know it's a cautionary tale every day how do we feel we're going to approach the same time of life when we get there 20 years from now right right what what can we do now to make sure this happens or that doesn't happen right right because there's there's you know there's such a learning curve um and i think you know covid taught us to be really judicious about where we put our parents for care and you know i think you know prior to covid everybody's like oh you just put them in a home you put them in assisted living blah 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 you know not that it was that laissez faire for people but that was an option versus now when i talk to my friends i mean there are three properties on my street that are putting i live on a 2 mile long canyon up a mountain that are adding additions or outbuildings for elderly parents. I mean, I think people are going, wow, at 5,000 a month to have this care, I can build an addition on my house, put my parent there and bring in a caregiver and not have that tragedy of, you know, not being able to see a parent at the end of life for two years because of a pandemic. Well, exactly. We, we all moved in together in 2018. And at the time, my husband and I were living in a tiny little cottage and my parents came to visit for Christmas and my mother fell down and broke her shoulder. And my father had broken his shoulder not too long before. They lived in Las Vegas in their own home. They loved it. They went to their little casino three times a week for lunch. They loved their life. Paula, I'm just going to jump in here for a second as we talk with best-selling author Paula Mounier. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we're talking about moving parents into our household, which upsets things with spouses, with children, with everything. And that's where therapists really can help you integrate bringing a parent into your home. And I've benefited from therapy, talking to my therapist about issues with my kids, with my dad. And it was organic because my mom passed away. It was natural to bring my dad into the house. I had to take away the keys. And in Paula's case, she had to have the decision with her parents living remotely and bringing them into her house without any major event. That's where a therapist can really help you talk through how to present it, how to put together a plan that works for everybody. These are really big challenges. And when people don't want to put their elders in a nursing home and want to bring them into the home, this is just one great reason among a million to have a good therapist. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule and all you need to do is fill out this brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge so let therapy be your map with these big life decisions with better help let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com slash coach talk today and get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash coach talk visit betterhelp.com slash coach talk today to get 10 percent off your first month 
month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coach Talk. Now we're talking today with best-selling author Paula Mounier about bringing both of her elderly parents into her home when she works from home and, you know, some of the considerations that she went through. It had gotten to the point where, you know, I said, okay, it's time that we make a decision. Either you find a different way to live where someone's around in case something happens, you fall down, or we do what we always talked about. We buy a big old house together. You move in, you have your space. We have ours, but we're all together. Yes. My father said, I'm never effing moving to New England. And my mother (laughs) went home and listed the house and sold it in three days. Oh, <laughs> okay, Colonel, who's really, who, who outranks who in this scenario? Exactly. So, so we had to scramble to find a place big enough for everybody. And we did. And that was before the pandemic. So we were here a couple of years before the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic hit, my father had a lot of health issues and he had to, he, he had a heart attack and fell and broke his hip. And so he ended up in the hospital during the pandemic, before the vaccines and in a nursing home for, you know, uh, rehabilitation. And the loneliness was terrible for him, right? The isolation was terrible. And so... Paula, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because today's episode is sponsored by AG1. And if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash coach talk. That's drinkag1.com slash coach talk. And you know, I was, was really excited about this product when I found it because it is a daily foundational nutritional supplement. Now that's a big string of words there, but it does a lot of things that supports my whole body health. And I drink it every day. I give it to my dad who's 89 and I give it to my kids because I hate taking pills and vitamins. I wanted a supplement that I could put in a glass, hand to my dad, hand to my kids. We can go out the door. It's easy, portable, and it fast tracks us on the habit of good health. I drink AG1 in the morning. It gets me ready to to take on my day and I feel I'm covering all of my nutritional basis whether it's for me my kids or my dad if you want to take ownership over your health try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com slash coach talk that's drinkag1.com slash coach talk you know and why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water just once and then drink it down And AG1 was designed with ease in mind so I can live a healthier and better life without having to complicate my routine. Go to drinkag1.com slash coach talk. That's drinkag1.com slash coach talk to get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Now we're talking today about bringing parents into the household when you work from home, elderly parents, and how difficult that can be and how much we have to juggle to keep everything going we knew that you know this was a good decision that 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 clinched it and now once a month I teach chair yoga at an assisted living facility for people with dementia and it's a wonderful place don't get me wrong but I know it's a reminder every time I go that I have to hold off and keep my mom with me as long as possible because right. she would hate that place. 
<laughs> you know, and so it may come to that in the end, and I hope it doesn't. But meanwhile, I have to keep her here as long as I can. And, and that reminds me every month when I go to teach them, I'm reminded, okay, we make it, we make this work. Right. And why we make it work. Right. Exactly. And how long can we do it? We do it for as long as we can. Right. Right. Because it is, you know, there are good days and bad days, you know, and they're like last night I watched, um, I don't know, I remember the movie. It was a cute little Disney movie. Oh, the Tooth Fairy. Like I watched the Tooth Fairy with my dad, you know, with the rock and we're laughing and we had a little popcorn and, you know, it was super fun. And then, you know, but then there are other days, you know, when we don't get out of the hot tub, we won't get in the shower, we won't do our steps. Thankfully, those are fewer and far between. Um, but trying to juggle work around the caregiving, you know, cause you can't leave. I can't go, you know, I can go for a couple hours, but I can't go to an office outside of my home. So like, and, and you know, it's funny, the kids are like, mom, how many offices do you need? Cause I have a little <laughs> computer set up with a Mac, like up in my bedroom. So when I'm like in my bedroom, I can, can work there. Then I have like this, this maid's room in my house, which is basically a glorified closet all with built-ins and so that's my main work area and then since my son moved out i'm like oh i put a computer on <laughs> his desk so even though i can't move out in the community i can move around the house because truly 14 15 hours a day sometimes sitting in what i call the black box you can see it behind me it's beautiful designed by pottery barn i'm not complaining but it does not have anything but this tiny little window over here that overlooks the pool equipment like <laughs> ah, you know i hear you i hear you we i work from home too and you know i have an office i'm sitting in it <laughs> but i'm hardly ever here because you know if i have a zoom call or something right like this i will come in here so i can have some privacy but mom is anxious and so she wants to be with me and since dad died she wants to be with me all the time because she was with him all the time they had their their part of the house their own sitting room their own ensuite right but now that he's not there she wants to be with me so i have a little lap desk literally yeah. that that you know i put my computer on and we sit in the living room and i'll put on musicals she likes musicals and you know we'll watch in the background she'll watch and i'll work and you know if i get up to leave you know she wants to come with me so it's it's more difficult now right so i have to have that same kind of flexibility where i can go from room to room i can go cook for everyone and she comes in and sits at the island and you know that sort of thing so yes. that she can be with me most of the time yeah i mean that's it that's you know uh, how do you you know and this is the thing i you know when i was a reporter i could stand in the middle of a bombing and write my story <laughs> you know what i mean like you know that skill yeah. that every reporter has you get better at it I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know if I'm spoiled, but I really need quiet. And I find myself wearing these. I look like, you know, one of those disco people from the 70s with the <laughs> huge headphones on. I wear noise canceling headphones in the house with the noise canceling turned on for an airplane because wow. my dad watches military movies. So there's a Harrier landing, you know, there's jets taking off and they're screaming <laughs> across the screen. And I did buy him a 55 inch TV for his bedroom. So he can lay there in full stereophonic sound, never thinking my bedroom and my office share a wall. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But 
I have a harder time focusing as I'm aging or maybe it's just me. Well, no, I don't think it's you. I mean, I, when I was a reporter too, I can remember I was working from home one day and my kids were little and they were literally running around my desk. And one of my fellow reporters came over and said, how can you work like this? How can you work like this? I could do it as a young woman and I could do it and still can really writing nonfiction, but to write, yes. Writing fiction requires a different kind of mind space and it requires fewer distractions. So that is difficult. Mom won't wear a hearing aid. So her TV is very loud. And sometimes even in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, she's downstairs in her little ensuite. And I we can I hear Hallmark, so I have to go down and turn it off, turn it down while she's sleeping. But but you know, it, it but is if you turn it off, they wake up. Absolutely, they wake up and they turn it. Yes. <laughs> turn it back on. But so what I do is while she's in the living room with me and I'm working, I turn on the TV and it's a big screen TV and I turn on something she'll like, whether it's one of my mysteries or a musical or whatever it is that happens to be. And I turn on the subtitles so she can read it and I can turn it down so it doesn't bother me so much than the blaring, you know, because yeah. to keep it loud enough for her to hear it, since she won't wear her hearing aids, is way too loud. So that really helps. And I also think it's good for her to read. It's, I was going to say, cognitively, it's very good to read. Um, since my dad had a stroke uh, last February, we have to have the sound and the captions on for him to catch everything. But yeah, I think, and I know my dad would, would be, if like we have about 20 movies he watches, Rocky, Chevy Chase Vacation, you know, and then we have the TV shows like Hogan's Heroes, Archie Bunker, Matlock, you know, um, Rockford Files, you know, I have those all on friendly TV. If you guys ever need an app or something that you can put all these shows on that they love. Um, And he's pretty good about turning them on. But I know that by the time I need to focus on creativity, I need quiet. Right, right, right. Yeah, I really come into my zone about two o'clock in the afternoon which unfortunately is when her anxiety sets in and she starts talking about dying she's very afraid of dying since my father died and she'll say am i dying and i'll say no you're not dying let's have a snack <laughs> right or i'll put on with our house it's not it's not war pictures and westerns which is what my dad used to watch like your dad it's my fair lady and you know the philadelphia story and all the old classic movies and musicals so that I would them- draw me in that would draw me away from you know like what i'm doing and draw me in <laughs> yes well the good dance routines i always stop to watch those so those are bad but i grew up with those because my mother loved them sure. so i know them all so i know all the words i don't have to look <laughs> i know all I words. exactly where it is <laughs> so so but that works that works for me but it is hard the hardest part is is her fear she's fearful now and yes. and um that's something that's hard, you know, I took her to the doctor and, and I said, you know, she's afraid. And as a, and, you know, we joke and I told the doctor, I said, tell, tell him that about your being the big Ben of death. And she said, I don't want to tell him that. I said, no, you tell him that. <laughs> we call her the big Ben of death because every hour on the hour, she announces that she's dying. Right. You know? And so, and we told him that and she goes, oh, I guess you have to tell him. Okay, you can tell him. And, and he says, well, what, what do you want me to do about it? And I said, well, you know, I, I want some way to sort of help with this anxiety. And so he talked to her for a while and he told her to, you know, to paint and do all the things she likes to do, which we do do. He said, but finally he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm a doctor, not a priest. Right. And I thought to myself, I'm a daughter, not a priest. <laughs> right. 
and she refuses to go see a priest, but, you know, but there's got to be something else, you know, to help with this anxiety of hers. But part of that is this sort of existential question we all have to deal with. Sure. Well, and it's, it's also, I think, a product of what we call sundowning. And sundowning is something that happens with Alzheimer's, dementia, or elderly patients. I don't know what causes it in my dad, but there's a marked change about three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon. And it's called sundowning. And the logic that they have in the morning starts to become more fear-based in the afternoon. There's more confusion. And, and, you know, it's a term called sundowning. I would look it up. Some of the things that I've done to help things, I've removed clocks from his area because we don't look at the clock and go, night is coming. You know, night is scary. Night is dark. And, and, you know, I've increased the light in my dad's area. So even though it's dark out, it appears light. Now, what does that do to a circadian rhythm? I don't know. But if we can limit the, the approach of night, because I think that night thing is what gets scary for people. Like, I don't want to die in my sleep. What if I don't wake up in the morning? I don't want to fall asleep. So they'll sleep more during the day, stay up at night, which is fine. So I just adjusted by removing the clocks and adding light to their room so they don't have a concept of the sun going down and it gets scary. Well, that's a great idea. I'm going to think about that because certainly since my dad died, you know, her sleeping partner for 70 years is now gone. And so the good news is, is that we do have three rescue dogs who stay with us mostly, my husband and me, but we also have a rescue cat named Ursula, who's lovely. And she has taken over my mother. So she sleeps with my mother and and she spends her time with my mother and and she's really become my mother's cat and that's been a great comfort to her huge and i think that's why we don't have so much trouble at night she'll she'll go to bed you know and she goes to her own room she turns on hallmark we are redecorating so she said she says, there's no point in doing that because i'm just gonna die anyway i said no no you're gonna if you're gonna die you're gonna die in a really nice place <laughs> we're all gonna die but you're gonna have a really well decorated space here so that's right so she's excited about that. We're redecorating. We're actually doing that this week. So she has an even nicer place because the furniture needs replacing now. So yeah. she's going to have a nicer place. But the cat comes and curls up on her lap while she sleeps. And I think that's an enormous comfort to her. I think pets he, are enormous comfort. Chicken Nugget does not leave my dad's side. From the time he's up till he goes to bed and then Nugget jumps on the lazy boy in his room. Um, the other thing um, that I was going to share with you, and I don't know how ethical it is, but it worked. Um, <laughs> when we went through that whole, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And the first three years after my mom died, they were married, what, 55 years, mm-hmm. were the worst. After that three-year mark, things seemed to improve and change. Um, so I just told my dad, I talked to mom, and she said, you're not going to die till you're 93. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Okay, I'm yeah, trying. It's all about belief, you know? Right. So now he believes, like, you know, now we're 90, so I think I'm going to have to up it, you know, pretty soon. But, <laughs> but the yes. point is that we believe something to be true and we don't know you know the truth is promised or the day is promised to no one you know you and i could be gone tomorrow but it's less you know stressful when you're 50 versus you know 90 
So having that belief system, if you can say, you know, like I looked up something or I talked to the doctor and, you know, he said, really, you're not gonna, you've got, you know, five or six good years with your health. So, you know, you're not going to die till 94, 95. Well, it's funny because I, I talked to a doctor about this and he was telling me this wonderful story about when he was a resident and he was a young, young doctor and he had a patient who was 103. And she would always say to him, why me? Why me? And he said, and at first she says, I gave her the doctor's answer, which is, well, you're still alive because you didn't die of cancer and you didn't die of heart disease and you didn't right. die of stroke. You didn't die of any of the things that most people die of. Right. And that's why you're still alive at 103. He said, and I finally realized that wasn't what she was asking me. She was asking me, why am I still alive compared to all everyone else who's gone? What, you know, what, what's the purpose of my still being alive? And so that I thought that was really interesting. You know, what a story. And, and to think about that, you know, and say, I tell mom, well, you know, you, you have to stay, you can't die. I'll tell her if she's talking about, I'll say, no, you can't die today. Cause remember the, your great granddaughters are coming to visit or, right. or, you know, whatever it happens to be, or it's mother's day, or, you know, we're, we're going to the, to take Ursula, the cat to the vet today. So, you know, you can't die today. Right. And, and that helps too, I think. Yeah. To have some reason, you know, something that, you know, how old is Ursula? She's 13. So she'll live what? 17, 18. Probably some I mean, cats can live till they're in their twenties, you know? Right. So, so there, that would be my argument with her. I would say, you know what? I talked to the doctor and he said, you know, because of your health, you're not going to die until like 95. And, you know, I checked with Ursula and Ursula is going to be here another seven years. So you have to be here for her because that gets to that purpose. Sure. Absolutely. And I do think that's part of the cautionary tale for me and my husband is, is we know, you know, my mother's generation was a generation where she didn't really work. Right. She was the colonel's wife, and now the colonel is gone, so that job is over. Right. I'm grown, so that job is over, right? And so it's because she doesn't have a lot of resources for herself. Sure. If she doesn't have a lot to do, right, or to right. keep her mind busy. And so I try to come up with things. She does puzzles. We got her her paints again. She's painting, things like that. But it's it. It is a cautionary tale. You know, my husband will always be puttering in his shop as long as he's physically able to get up there. Right. And I will always be writing or, or, or reading. gardening or right. reading or something, you know, things to do. And I think it's, you know, God willing, we'll always be able to do the things we love or at least some of them, enough of them to keep our. Or a variation of them. If you can't right. read, like my mom was a big reader, then we switched to audiobooks. You can listen, you know, there's variations. But when you have somebody like my dad was only work and military. Right. Right. But he has to take care of Nugget. Like I tell him, like, you know, you need to let Nugget out. You need to feed Nugget. Even though I can feed him, that's not the point. He's right. got some responsibility and, you know, you, 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 you can't die today because you have nugget like you, you know, when I talk to your doctor, you're fine. You're going to live till at least 95. And that's great because Ursula, whatever, and you're here to take care of Ursula. Right. Exactly. I mean, it does, it does help. It does help. And it, it helps when the, when the kids come to visit any visitor is great because it's something new. And I think, you know, of course, during the pandemic, we didn't have any visitors. We didn't go anywhere. Now we can finally go out again. We can go to lunch. We can go to, 
you know, do our little retail therapy at Marshall's and TJ Maxx. <laughs> yeah. we, we can go to the antique store, those kinds of things that she really enjoys doing, we can now do again, which is also very helpful. Well, huge. Like when, when the InShape, that's the gym that I go to, has a big pool for seniors. And I take my dad two times a week and he gets a little float on and he walks up and down and he loves to swim. And then the treat at the end is a, a 20 minute in the hot tub there. And I can work for, that'll take two hours and I can work for those two hours and he's happy as a clam. Yeah, yeah, see, that's great. We also get clean places, like I have to tell you, like that chlorine kills things that, you know, when you're <laughs> older. And then the nice thing is they have a, a communal area, like where you can put a wheelchair. You know, some of these places are designed for this. So my dad can take his walker, go over there, stand under the shower to get the chlorine off. Well, I can wash his hair at that time. So right. by the time he towels off and I get him in the walker back into my van, we've accomplished like cleaning and then this is so disgusting, but uh, you know, anybody who has to care for parents will get this. So when he gets in the parking lot and gets in my van, before I close the door, I take the nail clippers and the foot clippers because everything's nice and soft. And I'm like, clip, 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 clip. It all falls in the parking lot because I mean, it's natural. It's going to blow away anyway, but I don't have to vacuum it up in my living room or sweep it up in the kitchen. Right. Like oh, yeah. having a Y like or a, you know, a little gym that you can take your elder to where they can go in the pool. And, you know, most of these places, the pool's 92 degrees. Right. So right. You're not yeah. getting in a cold place, but they get a little movement. They can talk to some people, see some different things. And I just have a table in there and I work. That's great. That's great. My mother, unfortunately, hates water, doesn't like to swim. And 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 I, I do make sure she gets bathed. And I usually have to do that by saying, if if you don't let me bathe you, then I'll have to call a nurse. And the idea of a stranger, she doesn't want a stranger doing it. Right. Because the doctor told me, he said, he said, choose your battles. And I think that's another important lesson is choose your battles. Choose you know? your battles. That's because right. You can't fight them all and you're not going to win them all. And you'll both be miserable if you do. Right. Right. Well, you know what, Paula, our time is up. I want to thank you for being my guest today. You guys get a copy of her book, The Wedding Plot. It's a perfect mystery to read during wedding season. It's set in Vermont. You will absolutely love it. She has three other titles, Borrowing of Bones. What's the next one? Blind Search. Blind Search. And The Hiding Place. And The Hiding Place. And you've got one coming out in, coming up at the end of the year? Halloween. In Hall at Halloween. It's a great fun book to write called Home at Night. It's kind of spooky one. Oh, I'd love that. All right. So check out Paula Mounier. And for those of you that are full-time caregivers like we are, we send you lots of love and comfort and compassion and laughs. And whatever you do is enough. We'll be back soon with another great episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio. Coach Talk Radio.